This is episode 141 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 141 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have for the second time on the show, Mark Smith. He was on episode 48, so I highly recommend if you haven't already listened to that one, go back and listen to or watch episode 48 and then come back and watch this one, episode 141, uh, for the catch up. So in the first episode, we got real technical with Mark. Uh, after that, he started his podcast, uh, the 72 Mindset Podcast, where he talks all about real estate investing and mindset and uh, how to go to the next level. I've seen a huge transformation in Mark in relatively short uh, period of time. Since January of 2020, he's really turned things on. He's doing massive deals um, and it all started with mindset. And as he says, the questions that he asks himself. So we've done a lot of technical on this show. And of course, we do get into a little bit of, of the uh, the technical aspects of what Mark's done here, but it's primarily about mindset and how to get in that right place so that you can persevere and how you can keep growing, even in uncertain times like we're in right now, where it seems like a lot of things don't make sense, where, where logic and reason aren't being used um, to a great degree. And... Um, I really dug in on that with Mark here, and I really do think that it's a valuable discussion that needs to be had. And it is directly related to real estate because if we can't have our mindset in the right place, we can't be successful. It's just not going to work. We won't persevere through. So with that being said, I just want to remind you that if you'd like to use my cash flow analyzer, it's available on my website at andrew-hines.com. And if you have not already and you're new to real estate, I would recommend going right back to episode one and working your way through. Uh, it's a very foundational podcast. I've, I designed the episodes in the early going to give you everything that you were going to need to get started. I'm not saying that's the way it is, but I, I've found the feedback, generally speaking, is that people do find what they need in there from the different guests that were on the show. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd greatly appreciate it if you take a moment to just rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, give it five stars, let me know what you think. And if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell if you have not already done so, and leave us a comment, let Mark know what you think of the episode. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into episode 141 with Mark Smith. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have for the second time on the show, Mark Smith. Been a long time. Mark, thanks for doing this. No problem. In fact, uh, yeah, this is like our podcast. I call it 3.0 because I came on your podcast. I think it was like November 2019. Then I think you came on my podcast, I think spring of 2020. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, we're into 2021, which is just crazy. So, yeah, almost 22, man. It's uh, time flies. Absolutely. Especially when we're restricted at home. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Huh? Yeah. So, um, for those, I mean, I'm sure there's some people uh, watching this, listening to this that haven't actually heard your original podcast. Do you want to just give the quick Coles Notes uh, story yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It's been quite an evolution. In fact, the other day I said, I, you know, when we were talking about getting me back on, I said, I better watch that first episode. And wow, a lot has changed since then. Um, uh, and I'd say a lot of that's changing is actually in my mindset. Because when I had actually uh, did the podcast with you, I had just entered into my first mentorship program. Um, and that was with Corey McKinnon, who I know has been on your guest, one of your guests as well. And it just changed the trajectory of my mindset, my life, everything. And, you know, one of the things before we dial into the real estate aspect, I had to get an, a better understanding of myself spiritually, like spiritually. And by doing that, it allowed me to really tap into my true potential and push on it. And um, so 
you know, we're to give some background to the guests. Um, so I uh, started investing just a few few short years ago. I mean, I did have a property out in Chicago when I left Chicago. It was a rental property, but it wasn't run as a as a rental. It was just more like a survival because I was going through a marital breakdown. Uh, my background is sales, uh, so I've done over now twenty three years of high ticket sales, uh, doing over hundred million dollars in sales, and that was a medical devices. Interestingly enough, I was actually selling ICU ventilators. Um, so talk about uh, that in a bit. Uh, but prior to that, um, I worked in a hospital and I was a respiratory therapist. This is something I didn't share on our original podcast, Andrew. I think it was I was still hiding it, and I, I probably buried it, just like they tried to bury Chernobyl, and um, and it really leaked through. And I, I believe because I didn't unpack that at such an early age, it really took an impact on my relationships until I got the mindset shift. So by the time I was 20 years old, I was working as a respiratory therapist. So I was working at the bedside in the ICU with some of the sickest patients in the country. I worked in neonatal intensive care, worked in pediatric intensive care, and then I worked in adult intensive care. And by 20, uh, you know, this is going to shock some of your listeners or viewers that I actually killed seven people. And what I mean by killed seven people by the time I was 20, um, of course, the direct orders were given to me by family, but I was the one that was the Grim Reaper actually turning off the last breath on, on, on the ICU ventilators. Um, so the youngest life was uh, 14 days old, seven years old. Um, and, um, I've had mothers slap my chest, you know, call me the worst things crying in my face. I've had fathers spit in my face, um, want to threaten to kill me. Um, but I was too young and I just didn't know how to unpack that. My, my, my son is turning 18. I would never, ever want him to go through that. So through that self-awareness allowed me to have some self-acceptance and then through self-acceptance, self-regulation. And by going through that journey and having the right people around me, uh, real estate popped up. And because of my marital breakdown, um, where my net worth was completely disseminated, completely obliviated, um, real estate was, was the vehicle. And, uh, and it just opened so many more doors. And uh, this is why I'm here today speaking with you and been able to forge a great relationship with you, Andrew. Yeah. And I know you had had like a handful of properties. I think you were at like six the last time you were on or like that, am, I, yeah. am I quoting that number right? And you had moved I, really quickly. And uh, yeah. I think you had the one over there on, do I want to say Highbury? I feel like it was yep. Highbury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is off of memory. I haven't rewatched our episode, but uh, <laughs> I know you've, uh, you know, since then you've, you've obviously ramped up the content. Your podcast, I think started after you came on here. Um, and then you, you've obviously pushed your branding, your email marketing, everything you're doing um, with a lot of consistency. Um, one of the things like I really wanted to get out of this today is how you keep your mindset where it is, how you can observe what's going on out there and, and what, what do you find drives you uh, to keep going and, and for what goal is it that you're going towards, for what, for what purpose is it that you're, you're pushing? Sure. Wow. That's a, that's a loaded question um, for sure. So yeah, lots happened, you know, um, since our episode, yeah, we talked about that property in Highbury that I picked up from a wholesaler and, and that kind of stuff. Cause I know we went and did a deep dive on that. And it, again, I, I did have a, you know, a handful of properties at the time, but my mindset was still broken. My mindset was still broken, and yeah, I moved very quickly. But I also hit that wall very, as fast as I as I as I came up. The bank started saying no right away, and you know, and didn't really understand the whole aspect of real estate investing. And what I actually had to do was take ten steps back, because at the time when I first got into real estate investing, I knew it was a vehicle to increase my net worth. But I didn't have the roadmap. I didn't have the the game plan or the GPS. I was basing everything off YouTube and off 
you know, HGTV, which is you do, you'd be a landlord or buy and hold, or you do a flip. And those are the only two avenues. So I really had to take a, a, a backward seat and really look at the whole spectrum of real estate investing, anywhere from wholesaling to wholesaling to flips, to buy and hold to the burr. And uh, from the burr, you do, you know, you can just go through so many different arms. So on one hand is going to have the wholesaling and the most passive side is going to be probably your private lending, for example. So mm-hmm. I actually had to take a step back, but in order to step back, I actually had to drop my ego and, and really, get rid of that scarcity mindset and really accept, Hey, I don't know what I'm talking about here. I have an idea, but I don't know what I'm talking about. And so I take pride now in that I'm the dumbest person in the room. If I get, feel like I'm not getting the value of being in a room, I'll actually leave that room because the mindset aspect is it's just, you know, I was on a clubhouse uh, chat this morning. I was moderating. It's just too easy to fall back on the resistance. It's just too easy. Like our bodies, our mindsets designed to conserve energy, not expand energy. Mm -hmm. Um, our conditioning, our environment uh, ultimately affects our thoughts, which affects our feelings, which affects our actions, which affects our results. And that comes from R.J. Ecker. Um, and so th- the the fix for me was really, or the continued fix, we'll call it that, was the conditioning and the environment that I was in prior to. Because, um, you know, as a, there was a study that was done in Stratford, uh, by Stratford, by Stanford University, uh, which highlighted and asked question, you know, how do you, how do you gauge happiness? And although most of the answers people thought would be, you know, their families, their house, their wealth, their health, all those different things, the most common answer was how they compared themselves to others. (laughs) Right. Happiness compared to others. That's, that was it. Yeah. So people, people compare, people gauge their own happiness, comparing themselves to others. So if you're like, happy I am versus you or or that's right. That's right. You know, it's like keeping up with the neighbors and all the other stuff. So, or friends and so forth. And I was of that mindset and I needed that kick in the butt, kick in the, kick in the teeth, I guess you can say. And so what the mindset for, uh, for me has done, it's, I believe it's really protected me through, um, through the last two years, um, through COVID, um, and the circumstance and the noise that's out there. I actually had COVID. I actually had COVID, uh, six weeks ago and it was the worst experience of my life. Uh, I was on my deathbed. Um, every time I closed my eyes, I thought I felt my soul leaving my body, um, but I came back stronger and I came back uh, stronger mentally from it. I came back stronger physically from it. I mean, my lungs were torn to shreds, um, but I'm getting healthier by the day. Um, but you know, what protected me through this whole thing was, was my mindset because, you know, there's a lot of negativity out there and you know, we'll get to real estate here in a second, but there's a lot of negativity with things. And I've just come to realize what people, other people's opinions is not, it's not my business. People could do what they want. And I don't want to sound very, sadistic and dirty on your podcast but if someone decides they want to have unprotected sex with uh with a, a prostitute go ahead it's none of my business you do what you want to do and that can go for masks that can go for vaccinations i i don't care it doesn't what i put into my body is my business right mm-hmm. and so what i've had to do is through my mindset shift is really protect myself create a moat uh, around my household and around myself because that's the only thing i can control um right. right now because i think there's some there's some quotes right now and i think rihanna had a shirt on this that says we still have the power to control our minds. Yeah. What did she say? It was a uh, think before it's illegal or, or you... yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which was yeah. just so powerful. And it's so true. Yeah. Right. So, and I tell people in the investment in the mindset, like this is, you know, one of the biggest changes that happened on our last pot since the last podcast is I made a proclamation that I would invest $1 million into my mindset, That's not properties, nice. not stocks, not mm. crypto. I said, I'm going to invest in my mindset because that's the only ROI I have control over. And proofs in a pudding, when I look back, 
it's protected me. Yeah. Well, and that's what I really wanted to, to dig into here. Um, because if we're not going to get really real, what's, what's the point, right? Like, I mean, I've talked about real estate tactics, nonstop ad nauseum, yeah. like I'd, that we've got enough of that. What we really need is the will to persevere and, and push through hard times. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've definitely had that feeling of what the heck is the point when it literally seems well, sorry, figuratively seems like the world is on fire all around us. Um, things are falling apart. Um, reason is is gone. Logic is gone in a large portion. And as you said, all we have is ourselves. And I look at it and I'm like, man, there's a lot of crazies out there. And I don't want to be dependent on them. I mean, that, my number one thing, I've got a son coming into the world. And I if, if I raise him dependent, I mean, we could be in a real problem. And if I'm dependent, we could be in a real problem. Um, I think, I think that that's, that's just about it for me. Like, I'm like, well, wealth is going to be a good thing (laughs) going forward. It's going to be more important than ever as our dollar becomes less, less valued. So we really need to make a push now. That's for me. I'm sharing my perspective and I'd love to hear yours. Uh, that, that keeps me going to a certain degree, but I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a little depressing right now. It is absolutely. And at the end of the day, we, you know, there's such, such a high level of uncertainty out there. And that's life. You know, it's like I tell people, um, like, you look at Michael Phelps, the most celebrated swimmer, Olympian, and so forth. Um, can he still drown swimming? Absolutely he can. But what are his odds of drowning? He's mitigated his odds or has reduced his odds because of how he's equipped himself. Right. Versus a non-swimmer jumping in the swimming pool has a higher odds of, of swimming. So what we can do is we can best equip ourselves if that is by putting together wealth systems, uh, putting in processes, um, surrounding ourselves with like-minded individuals and so forth. We actually have control over that. And, you know, one of my mentors, because I have, I have multiple mentors all over the world and I'm very blessed for that. But one of my mentors is instilled in my head and I love what he says, which is the quality of our life is based on the quality of the decisions we make. But the quality of the decisions we make is going to be based on the quality of choices we make. The quality of choices we make is going to be based on the questions we ask ourselves. Interesting. So I challenge people saying, what questions do you, what questions are you asking yourself? You know, it's, it's funny because I've had this conversation with a few people. One said um, to me, well, I want to get into real estate investing, but I don't, I'm, I'm worried about the taxes. I don't want to get in real estate investing because of the taxes. It's like, or I had someone tell me they're not going to take, they don't want to take, they don't want to get a higher level position in their company because they're worried about taxes. It's like, where is that mindset? Cause I had that mindset before where it's like, it's like you've named a price on your freedom. You've named a price on getting to that next level. That's yeah. your, that's your price. You've set that bar mm-hmm. at that. If that's an extra 10 bucks an hour, then you're saying your worth is 10 bucks an hour. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, and then the other side of that too, Andrew, is that when, you know, I've talked to people who are, again, who are in this journey and 95% of people have that herd mentality, which is, oh, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm very happy yeah. where I'm at. And I'm like, okay, you're happy rent. But if I were to, get, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, I were to tell you, I have one of my properties. It's a $3 million property. It's, it's, it's on the ocean and it's yours. Would you take it? Well, absolutely. Well, you just told me you're happy. Why would you need it? So I have no problem pushing on people, pushing back on people saying, mm-hmm. don't give me that BS. You're just living in this hallelujah, kumbaya life, but we're all human. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. I was just going to say and chime in, like, I, I feel like 
conventional thinking is almost the enemy. It's certainly the enemy to success. Absolutely. Uh, and I was just listening to a Stefan Arnio quote from before everything before the first, you know, news started circulating about, uh, you know, what we won't mention. And um, he, he basically um, said, you know, government's not your friend. They, they've done all these things to set you up so that you'll need them. And, and, and if you think about it, any government, whether altruistic or not, it is an indoctrination when you go to a government-paid school, right? They're teaching you to think the way they want you to think. Now, either they're altruistic and they want you to think independent, critical thinking, be able to defend for yourself, or they don't, and they want you to be the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I think the proof's in the pudding. I probably just made myself sound really old when I said that. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 if you look at where we're at, it proves that people aren't critically thinking. They are entirely dependent, which we as real estate investors we realized that we had to, we had to realize that the system was broken. And um, that's one of the things that's been surprising about the last while. I think in our communities, a lot of people, they suspect something's not right. And and they're kind of awake to it. But in the general public, uh, you know, that's uh, going back to the thing that I was saying before. It's a little interesting, just how many people are, are, you know, still in that conventional thinking, which we need to break. We've got to break that. Absolutely. And Andrew, I will share something like, you know, we talk about our, our sphere of real estate investors and this community mm-hmm. that we're part of. But sadly, there's still a lot of herd mentality in there because a lot of people just went and said, I want to invest in a property, not invest in themselves. Yes. And let's face it, in this marketplace, my a, a dog, I don't say my dog, but any a dog that's missing one leg, missing an eye can make money in real estate just the way just based on the pure uh, yeah. appreciation, for example. But what happened? What if now I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not mm-hmm. I don't have a crystal ball. But what if something goes down? Yeah, the ones that have the the stamina to continue going are going to be the ones that have invested in themselves. The ones that yeah. say this this failed. It's not for me are going to wipe their hands clean of it saying I tried it. It's not for me. The closer they are to needing a paycheck, <laughs> the less resolve they seem to have. Right. If you if you get into to real estate and and you like you need it to work, and then you fail, like yeah, you're not going to stick with it. I, right. I I agree with you 100 there. That's which is why I preach the fundamentals. And, and you are right. Most people, without even paying attention, um, would make money in real estate in the last you know five years just because everything's gone up in value so much. And predictably, with the way we're devaluing our currency, that should continue. However. No one has a crystal ball, as you said. And if you're not buying with the fundamentals of cash flow and, and, and debt service, then all it takes is us to be wrong or be wrong for even a two-month period. And that might be enough to break some people. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so for us, I look at, you know, going back to mindset and real estate investing, my business partner is Alex Olga, And we could talk about some of the things that we're working on. And we joke about this saying, man, we're seeing some, some of the biggest problems we've ever seen, ever. Mm-hmm. But it's a result of us taking the biggest action we've ever taken in our lives. Right. Next year, what we're seeing is big problems. We'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that time. That was, that was, that was hilarious type of thing. Yeah. Um, but you have to go through the pain to mm-hmm. get to your purpose. That's it. Interesting. So what do you see your purpose as? Man, my purpose, man. That's another. I, I should have been ready for the fully loaded questions today. <laughs> um, this is the Andrew Hines podcast. So um, my purpose is really deep down is to help people. And the reason I want to help people is because going back to where I was in that hospital setting, when, you know, I talked about those seven, those seven people, those seven, you know, human beings that I, I terminated their lives on. I was at 20 years old. My friends would go to the bar 
and they'd want to sit there and, you know, grab their drinks and, and chase, the, chase the ladies and that kind of stuff. For me, I just wanted to sit in quiet in the corner of the bar and just drink and drink and drink. And I was, a, I was on the verge of becoming a major alcoholic. And the reason that was is because I felt so helpless. I got into the healthcare world to help people, yet I felt I was the most helpless. So I want to help people. That's my biggest purpose. I want to serve people. I take pride in serving others. You know, when I talk about investing $1 million into my mindset, I'm pouring into myself so I can pour into others, Andrew. Prior to this paradigm shift in my thinking, I was a people pleaser. I had to be the most popular guy in school. I had to have all the parties. People had to love me. Uh, The vanity was crazy, everything. And although I thought I was actually being selfless, I was actually being selfish because it was just fueling my excessive attraction to my identity, which is my ego. And the paradigm shift was realizing I have to be selfish to become selfless. So my purpose is any conversation I have with people, I'm looking for what I see of myself in them. And then I can push on their potential. I can push them in saying, and it could be the slightest potential push. Have you thought about looking at this way? What are your thoughts on this? But just simply having a conversation, asking questions, not telling people what to do. But again, the job of, of us that have been doing this for, for a period of time, I should say a job, but maybe it's a responsibility for those that we see that part of leadership is serving others to get them to the next level, mm-hmm. which is asking them those questions because they don't even know what questions to ask themselves. Yeah. It, it is so important. I like, I like what you said about the questions uh, and, and just because that's, that's, a, I monitor my inter- internal dialogue. And the reason for that is I started studying the mind back in like 2010. So I started really digging in reading psychology books and understanding that our internal dialogue is so important. And I can't help it. And some people probably hate me for this, correct people. Sometimes my wife, when she says stuff, I'm like, well, hang on. Like if, if that's your dialogue, how could anything else be true? And, and, and things like that. And, and, um, you know, I've, I've seen her kind of, you know, make conscious effort to, to change some of those things. Um, and I still keep it, uh, keep it under wraps. Now I will say like, I, I could, I could certainly go more to the positive. I tend to keep it right neutral. I tra- tend to keep it in the objective space. Like, yeah. you know, if someone else can do that, why can't I, like, I, I should be able to do it too. Like, I, I think a lot like that, you know, and I love, that's why I love seeing success stories. But like, if they could do it, I could do it. Like I have absolutely every reason um, to be able to do so. And um, so the, the comments I wanted to add here is to anyone listening and watching, read psychology books, like understand the mind, understand how it works. Psycho-Cybermetics is one of my, my favorite, most favorite books ever, Maxwell Maltz. Um, there was another one that's, uh, that's not coming to me. Stephen R. Covey has uh, the seven habits. Um, Successful. The, the secrets of the millionaire, right? Mind? No, that's T. Harvecker. T. Oh, Harvecker. I would say like the first three chapters of that book are like absolutely like critical um, in understanding uh, the human mind. I, I'm working through the Lucifer effect right now. Um, I don't know if you've ever checked that one out. I saw Matt McKeever uh, recommend it. And, and that one's more just about understanding that we we're all capable of doing evil things and good things. And if we understand ourselves and understand what drives those things, we can control them. And it, it, to be ignorant is, is to lose control in my opinion. And that's, that's one of the big reasons why I, uh, I wanted to read that and, and kind of share that. And I just want to, just while we're on this topic, see if there's any others, do you have any other psychology books that you would recommend people, uh, yeah, people check so, out? I, I don't know if they'd be, they'd be more, Psychology mindset. mindset. Yeah. But mindset, one of those yeah. two things. Oh, geez. I got a whole library and it's yeah. funny. Top, top libraries. Oh, Influenced top. by Robert Caldini. That's the one I forgot there. Yeah. 
a great book. Yeah. Um, there's so many, you know, yeah. um, I'm trying to think off the top of my mind, like Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck was phenomenal, talking about the difference between a fixed and a growth mindset. A very interesting book I just recently read a while ago was uh, by Annie, um, Annie Duke. Um, and she read the book, she wrote the book, uh, thinking in bets. Oh, really? Thinking in odds. Yeah. So she was the world championship poker player. And a lot of her research was based on the psychology, because when you look at any game, that's going to be similar to life it's going to be poker because, and that's where the seven, two stands from, right. Uh, for me in the whole poker analogy. And so, uh, that was a phenomenal book and, um, and looking at uncertainty and, and skill set. Um, and then uh, I'm just trying to think I'm, I'm reading one right now, actually, I'm just, it, and it's a, it's a great book. It's by Ron Maholtra, uh, which is called impossible to fail. So he brings more of a holistic approach thinking on all aspects. Spirituality, uh, could be, uh, your, you know, wealth or whatever, and brings it together, which is, which is a great read. Um, you know, there's, I can just go on and on about books, man. Okay. I got so many, right? So, cause I believe every book, every book has, they just have, you know, these little nuggets. Like, I mean, think yeah. and grow rich is the ultimate Bible when it comes to mindset. Yeah. Hill, right? I got to go back and read that one again. I've probably been through that one three, four times, yeah. but uh, it's been quite a while. Uh, I mean, I'm always kind of onto something new, like more recently, just on, um, learning, understanding old law. Like I've really been digging into, you know, law and how things work, how the system works, because I feel right. like that's becoming more important now. Um, you know, and I don't want to be dependent on somebody else to, uh, to know that for me. I want to know that. Sure. So sure. another book, another book that I have, I have to recommend to the audience if they haven't read it is, uh, from one of my friends, uh, Dr. Bob Berg, the go-giver. Um, and, uh, that book just changed everything for me as well. And it just, it, I think what it did was it didn't change. It really amplified what things I was already doing which is being the go-giver, not the go-getter. Unpack that for me. Unpack that? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, you know, uh, the whole idea is, is like it's about serving others and bringing value to the table versus taking. So in fact, what I'm going to do actually, because I actually have it just right here on my wall here. I'm just going to pull it up here. Because I mean, when I have these things, they just they mean so much to me. So he has in this book, in a summary is the five laws of stratospheric success. Number one, the law of value. Your true worth is determined by how much you give in value than you take in payment. Number two, the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. Number three, the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And the law of receptivity. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, that's basically the fundamentals behind that book. And it, it really opened my eyes because like when I said, I'm investing $1 million in my mindset and I'm doing to serve others. I'm not doing it to serve myself. Yeah. I'm pouring it to myself so I can better serve others. It's like, you got to secure your own life mask first. Yeah. Absolutely. That's in the Bible too. Apparently I've heard that that, and I don't know the equivalent quote, but that's like, there's nothing selfish about improving yourself so that you're capable of helping others in my opinion. Absolutely. And if you look, you know, um, not that I'm a uh, big into different religions or religions in general, but if, mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of references made to whether it be the Bible, the Quran or all, all aspects where they talk that there's a lot of mindset pieces in there. And fortunately, yeah. Yeah. Whoever's reading them will twist it to suit wherever their mindset is, right? Um, and uh, but there's a lot of spirituality that talks about this stuff, like forgiveness. Um, you know, in the Bible, I mean, Jesus, yeah. forgive, 
forgive. And you, you take down forgive and what's in there? Give. Give. Right. Right. So um, just just very, very powerful and and serve others. And, you know, the funny thing is like when I met in my medical sales background and in doing, like I said, over a hundred million dollars in sales. And I think the secret to my success was I didn't look at my quota as, oh my, I got to hit this quota this year. It was like, okay, I need to serve this many people this year. Hmm. I like that. You know what? I, I don't like feeling like I'm selling something. I like feeling like I'm helping someone. Likewise. And uh, yeah, I've never, so yeah, I, I would be the opposite of the pushy sales guy, but you know, I, I've sold coaching, telling people you don't need me. <laughs> yeah. You really yeah. don't need me. Um, but I mean, I, I never want to earn money being anything but for forthcoming. And right. I, I, I wish more people would take that, that approach, you know, just help. Yeah. Help people now. Yeah. Like with the podcast, like you, you mentioned, uh, like uh, you'll get back what you put out there. I, I hope that I've helped like Whoa. tens of thousands of people. More. Uh, that's a lot of good. That's a lot of good karma out there. Yeah. Not that I'm being greedy about that, but I mean, um, it feels like the right thing to do. And I've never really known where, where it's going to come back. I just have some confidence that it will. And I, it already is. I mean, you know, you actually motivated me, inspired me because at our first interview, I was thinking about doing it and I just, I just did it. And, you know, now doing, having a podcast now for, it'll be two years come uh, late fall. Um, but it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of work. So much. Um, a lot of work. I mean, I look at what we were talking before about equipment. I mean, I got a teleprompter so I can look into my camera. I have an expensive camera. I got an expensive mic. I got lighting. I got a whole team that sets this up. But it, the whole idea is to serve the audience the best I possibly can. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's, like, it's fun too, right? I mean, if you're doing what, what truly that feels good in your heart, like it's not, that's not work. You know, the interview parts, like, especially when I, you know, I'm talking to someone like such as yourself, like, I'm just curious, like, what do you know? Like, what can, what can I glean from, from hearing your story? And I always, um, I I generally find that quite interesting and quite enjoyable to do editing, posting, not as much, (laughs) but but I have a whole team that does that, but, uh, Because I'm not yeah. detail oriented at all, um, but yeah. um, but it, but it, what's, it's what's really cool about doing a podcast, and I, I highly recommend everybody to do it. Like, get out of your comfort zone. Just mm-hmm. grab your phone. There's apps like Anchor, and you can just have two people talking. Like this, if if it wasn't for you know the, the commute that we have to go, I mean, or just some of the lockdown stuff, or should I say passport stuff, me and you'd be doing this in person, and mm-hmm. it'd be like taping our conversations if we're having coffee together. Well, yeah, I mean, I would do this in. <laughs> it's really been a timing thing. I've just been yep. so busy, especially with the baby coming. It's been harder Absolutely. to like section off that day that I'm going to do that. But um, I agree. yeah. Um, but I, I agree. It's, it's, it's just having the conversation and then you need to know a little bit about the tech, but I feel like now with zoom, the barrier to entry to get into doing basic podcasting is like next to nothing. Um, and there's tons of need for that. Like it, it, if people had like easy products to sell, you know, start off helping people related to that product. And if your product happens to be a good product, naturally people are going to ask you, well, what do you do for that? And you're like, oh, well, you know what? I've been taking this. I actually, I liked it so much that I became a rep and I sell it now or something like right. that. I mean, right. those are the great win-wins that I love. I love it when people get into business and, and, and you know, kind of take it that way. And podcasting is a great way to just start by giving. And then, yeah. like you said, it comes back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, what's a, what's a great feeling He's like, you know, I, I joke around with uh, Jeff Weibel, actually, who has his pot. He, like, he does a lot of stuff on Instagram and his mm-hmm. YouTube channel and that kind of stuff. I joked with, this with Matt McKeever is the amount of investment that we put into these things 
um, really our basis is the comments that we get from people saying, Hey, this is inspirational, mm-hmm. or you, you push me to do this or thank you or whatever. And that really feels good at the end of the day. Cause it feels like we're serving others. Um, but, um, you know, I, I you know, since, since our, our original podcast 1.0, like, I mean, so the podcast has been going on. I mean, I'm proud to say we have almost 16,000 downloads all over the world. Um, I never imagined that would be the case. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed at the number of guests I had last. I had a guest, the podcast just came out yesterday, which was, um, his name is Alam Gafoor. And he, he was a real estate negotiator flown to Dubai to work on a project. He was eating at a restaurant. Secret police came in, put a hoodie over his head, took him out, and he was tortured for 12 days because they said he was a mastermind behind the London bombings. He actually wrote a book called Innocent Terrorist. Um, it's allowed me to get into conversations with people that you yeah. can just grow so much from. So, you know, we started off with real estate, but it gets back to the mindset piece. The fundamental is the mindset. We talk about foundation. You know, it's funny. I, I say this before with people is that people won't buy a house because there's a crack in the foundation, yet there's an own crack in their own head, in their own yeah. mindset, right? And I tell people why, you know, if someone's trying to raise money, why should I provide them money if they're not willing to invest in themselves? Yeah. Right. It's, it's important. You, you know, you need to find, especially with, with the help helping people. Yeah. I see that too. Like most people I see, like, you know, the information's there and they're just grateful. And I, I can see like, they're ready, you know, they, they're ready to invest at least the time that it takes to educate themselves. So yeah, I get the odd one. that will be like, Hey, can you just do this for me? I'm like, episodes one to 20, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, someone says me something. Yeah. Here's yeah. my hourly rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've actually uh, cut down on my, my coaching requests by just posting an hourly rate. I, I haven't been doing so much of like the, uh, the program coaching anymore. Just okay. kind of, if somebody wants to buy an hour, they can kind of thing. And it, I'm not cheap I'm, and I'm not apologetic about that, but <laughs> you don't have to look at, but look at the value, right? Yeah. I think people, there's two, there's a difference yeah. between price and value. Yeah. yeah price exactly. You can negotiate value. You can never negotiate value yeah. because as soon as you devalue yourself, yeah. you've devalued yourself. Oh, of course. Yeah. And these are lessons learned through wisdom, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I've been in sales for 10, more than 10 years now. I mean, the things I've learned by failing have led to the wisdom I have now. And uh, I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Now we we probably should talk about real estate a little. Sure, we can definitely do that. <laughs> give me give me uh, give me a little synopsis of of what you're working on right now. Sure. So, you know, I always refer back to our first podcast. So at the time, my focus was a lot on buying holds. At the time, and since then, it's just really exploded. Um, you know, again. We'll call it luck. It's not skill set appreciation. I mean, a lot of those homes that I had purchased because I basically bought just coming out of, out of the gates, purchased what four properties within eight months. When we did the podcast, I think, like I said, I had six properties. Um, it got into some JVs. Some were phenomenal. Um, some were, you know, trust and verify type of thing. Um, but uh, then what happened was, is uh, in um, spring of 2020, after a phone call I had with the Ministry of Health of Ontario, um, I was actually uh, just right after that, I was let go from my company. I took a leave from my company. Sorry, I wasn't let go. I was took a leave, and then I was ultimately let go from the company. Um, but I realized, hey, like there's no there's no parachute here, and I can't rely on my passive income uh, from the real estate. So I have to make some changes here, and so I made a shift to the active side of real estate, which was looking at wholesaling and looking at uh, wholesaling and flips. So. 
started doing that with JV partners and so forth. Uh, Alex Solga at the time was a JV partner. And then what we did was we actually started a business together. Um, and since that time, it just been just take taken off. I mean, and, uh, you know, the essence of the Clydesdales, which is you take one Clydesdale, they can only pull 8,000 pounds of weight. You put two of them together, working together, you got 24,000 pounds of weight that could be pulled. And as soon as we merged forces, I mean, to give you a scope of what we're working on to date right now is, uh, we actually have, uh, working on six new builds right now, three of those or four of those are pre-sold. We actually are picking up 63 acres for another 28 lots. Uh, we actually have three, three luxury flips going on. Uh, and we're in, we're in the final negotiations of purchasing two apartments, which will be 41 units. Um, so we've done, and that, not, not, that's just right today. That doesn't mention the other stuff that we've mm-hmm. closed on or, or, or done yeah. before that. Um, but it was really an evolution. We started with the wholesaling business to drive capital into our business uh, yeah. and then do that first to start a business. And then to the flip side, and now we're doing that. And then we're basically circling back to where we both started, which is on the buy and hold. It's interesting. I think uh, Brian Bouchard, did he buy a building from you? Because he came on the show. I think he dropped your name. He did. Yeah, we went over that building and like Hanover, I think. Yeah, Hanover. So. That's right. I mean, yeah, look, I remember, I mean, I, in fact, Brian was sending me some messages this morning. So and I think I'm going, I'm doing a live with him here soon. But I remember going in that building with him and I said to him, I said, I'm a man of my word. You can keep this building, but I want it. <laughs> At the time. So I don't know. He had some ideas with it. I'm not sure. I, like that, I think we're going to be catching up on it anyways, but Brian's a solid guy. The new build ones. You bought the lots, hired a builder, are these Tarion or are these not? Like what's, what's the story there? Yeah, we have Tarion. Um, okay. So what we've done is we've, been, we've had strategic partnerships and, you know, it's like, as I say, right, everybody has, Mike Tyson said it best, right? I think this was his saying, which is everybody has a plan to get punched in the face, uh, punched in the mouth. And so along the way, we made some, mistakes along the way, but you know what we realize that because you're going to make mistakes when you're learning, you're going to be making mistakes when you're taking action. And because of us taking action has allowed us now to really mitigate that risk because now we're very, very intentional with what we do. We have our processes, we have our, you know, these are our criteria and so forth before we get into any deal. And so what we've done um, for the new builds, um, our partners to have the cherry on. So we come in we fund the deals um, they, they basically do all the construction, that kind of stuff. And then there's an equity play. So it actually works really well because in this case, we know as real estate investors, some of the struggles we have with contractors, they'll take their time, or maybe they won't show up with dinners. 10% of the, of the project left. They won't show up because they've been paid 90% of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, there's actually a true vested interest because now they have an equity stake. So not only do they have to make sure the quality is great, but they also have to make sure it's done in time. So we actually find our projects being done prior to the timeline they actually gave us because they want to get their equity stake when it's sold. So we've been very, very intentional with, with our, um, with our business practice. And it's actually been serving us well. The follow-up question I have is what's the, the one thing you're working on right now, real estate wise that you're most excited about? It's all pretty exciting actually. So the, it's all pretty exciting. I think what it is, is it's coming, it's coming back to the buy and hold aspect, but looking at the apartment acquisitions, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, in this marketplace, like we were talking about, no one has a crystal ball. Uh, new, new developments and that kind of stuff is a little bit more of a riskier play when you don't have a crystal ball. But they were still they were still a risky play in 2016 when no one had a crystal ball, and in 2012 when there was no crystal ball. Um, so, from the excitement standpoint, I think it's coming back to that, which is to create more of that active business, active income that's coming in, which is going to be 
what we believe to be a little more uh, less stressful, I guess you could say, but also is having our money work for us because by having buildings gives us leverage. And a bank, as you know, they want to see assets. So we yeah. do have our assets, but just having that. And most importantly, is having that legacy, something to show people saying, hey, this is all of our hard work has now allowed us to do this. I think what excites both my partner and myself the most actually about our real estate business is what is not real estate. Um, so one of my mentors is really helping me on the philanthropy aspect. So I'm actually really working hard on um, on uh, one of my projects is uh, is to really really help people that have just been helped that help, like played that bad hand in life. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing more and more of it in you know with respect to what happened in the, in 2020. And um, the aspect of that is type of uh, movement by no means, but the reality is, is because I've walked in those shoes. When you have, when a man has no control, it's basically we've been castrated and it's are basically holding it in our hands and we have nothing there. And when you hit rock bottom and we don't have the support network, you know, suicide for men, you know, most suicides, I think in the UK, the stats were out of all the suicides in the UK, 86% of them was a massive number. Maybe it was 76% were men, were men. So we can talk about depression and mental health. Um, yeah, depression is going to be more so, more so on, on, the, on the female side, but men are killing themselves. Now, the question is, is why? Is it because they feel they can't be serving others? They can't, you know, in, in this, in 2020, 2021, a lot of men are suffering right now because they don't know what the government's going to tell them next. They don't know what they have. they're being told what to do. So basically they've been ripped of their manhood. So going into real estate has allowed us to work with that, um, and we've actually had a lot of females reach out to, to me and tell me that they're so happy that we're doing this because they see their husband suffering. They see their brother suffering because they're, they're lost. They're lost. Yeah, I think, you know, to that point, men like need to express themselves and, and feel like men, right? Like, I think it's essential. And I, I think vice versa, women, it's got, it's a similar thing, like do Absolutely. what, what, you know, is inherent in our nature uh, to express ourselves. And I think the root of, of a problem for both sides is expecting, you know, we're, we're literally waiting for daddy government to tell us what we can do and what we can't. Like we're still children in, in that, like literally I just saw an article today that people are waiting to see, um, what, what, what was it? Uh, Doug Ford was going to say of whether or not they can go out trick-or-treating this year. Um, I don't ask for permission to do these things. <laughs> if I want to go trick-or-treating, I will go trick-or-treating and that'd be weird because I'm, you know, mid thirties man, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. once I got the little one, then it'll be a little bit more acceptable. Of course. I don't think they'll give me candy. Sorry. I'm joking. And they're, they're falling flat here. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get it, man. I, I totally resonate with you. I, I totally get it for sure. And, and that, and that's really what's, what's, what's really the shameful thing I see with this is, is just that is just the psychology of people. And I think mm-hmm. If it wasn't like going back to the mindset conversation we had, um, and that just goes to show how broken, whether you're male or female, broken mindsets have been shattered. Yep. And I, and I, I do, I do see what's happened as a bit of a psychological attack on people and whether you want to say that's, you know, intentional or not, that's not really up for a debate today. I, I don't really care to get into that, but one thing I will say, um, I would recommend for, for anybody uh, listening or watching, go to YouTube and look up, look up um, a, a video on the after school channel. It's spelled after and then school S K O O L. And it's a video called mass psychosis, how an entire population becomes and it goes dot, dot, dot. So I don't want to click it cause I don't want it to start playing, but one of the most telling like explanatory uh, videos for the situation we're going through right now. And once you understand how it works, it doesn't, it doesn't, 
control you anymore. And if you can stop the control, you can start to feel better. You can start to feel like you're in control, um, which we all need. We all need to be reliant on ourselves. And that's the, that's the key out of this mess as I see it. And, um, so the other, like, you know, circling right back, what, what keeps us going, uh, for me, you know, I, I certainly want to help people understand this. I know it's not everybody came to me to hear stuff like this, but I think it's important. And, mm-hmm. you know, the more self-reliant through real estate, through, you know, understanding how to grow our own food, how to, how to run our own homestead, things like that, or those are going to become more and more useful going forward. I agree. I agree. Anywho, Mark, I really appreciate chatting with you. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's been too long and, um, you know, I'd be good to catch up next time. Uh, maybe one of us are in each other's cities, (laughs) Absolutely, grab grab lunch or something. I'd love that. Cool, man. Well, uh, anything you'd like to share just before we, uh, we wrap up final, you know, thoughts for our audience here. Yeah, absolutely. I can share a couple of things. Number one is, um, action cures all. Um, Mm -hmm. so take action. Um, I'll share three things actually, if that's okay. Uh, number two is one of my other mentors who is Tim story. Um, and so Tim story is known as the, uh, you know, the life coach for the stars and is well celebrated in, in the Hollywood world and does been on with Oprah Winfrey on, on, in, on her show and that kind of stuff. And he's one of my mentors. I want to remind people this, which is God's opinion of you makes man's opinion of you irrelevant. I like that. Remember that, but you know, everybody that's listening, just remember that God's opinion of you makes man's opinion of you irrelevant. Mm -hmm. That's your intentionality. So I have people that I know as we were talking before about the purge and having to, you know, control our environment and that kind of stuff. My intentions are pure. And if something does, doesn't feel right, I just cut the cord on it right away because I know my intentions are pure and someone can say, Oh, you have an ego or you have this. No, I don't. I'm just, I'm just, you know what? I'm protecting my soul. Yeah. So, you know, I think I'll just leave that. I was going to share a third thing, but I'll leave it with that. So I really like that. I like that. And and to that point, I know we've, we've brought up, you know, religion a little bit here today. Like, and I know you, you have as well. I I am more of a fan of spirituality and likewise. And I I do like reading the Bible or approaching that with curiosity, understanding that it was at least translated and rewritten by man. So you understand that there's going to be bias and a little bit of skew there. Some people would disagree and not looking to get into that, but that's my thought. Um, But I love, I love approaching it with curiosity and just trying to understand because as you pointed out, and I feel the same, the older I get, the further along in this I go, I realize I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm just learning. And yes. that's, that's key, right? Ditching the ego. Well, we're life students, right? We're students of life. I mean, Kobe Bryant, when Kobe Bryant first met uh, Phil Jackson in, in his book, The Mobile Mentality, said the same thing. I'm, I'm a student of basketball. I'm a student of the game. Mm-hmm. We're always learning, right? You stop learning, that's, that's when you're dead, right? And so many people think they, they got it figured out. That's not a good place to be. You never got it figured out. Well, absolutely. There's that. And the other thing as well, you know, someone asked me, where, who, where's the greatest source of potential? Thinking I was going to say mindset. And I said, no, it's not mindset. The greatest source of potential just have to drive to your lo- your closest cemetery. That's where the, that's where the, unt- the untapped potential that never went anywhere. You know, it's more energy than a nuclear p- uh, power plant. Yeah. There's probably in that cemetery, the cure for AIDS, the cure for cancer, putting like like uh, life on pluto but someone didn't take the action why because of that herd mentality or afraid of speaking up or that kind of stuff so you know people just don't be a statistic yeah great well that's uh, that's perfect uh, perfect advice to uh, to wrap this up on so where do people find you what, what's the number you know one or two place we should send them to find you 
Sure. Uh, best place to find me, actually, I just I have one, which is on Instagram. Uh, best way and the handle is at 72 Mindset Investor. So again, at the number 72 Mindset yes. Investor. Cool. All right, Mark. Thanks a lot for doing this and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Appreciate the time, Andrew. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. (laughs) 